Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bitter. And I've got Charlie from TV Priest on the show today. Charlie was an art director at Island Records. He's made art for Sigrid, for Easy Life, and for Fontaine's DC. There's a great story about the artwork that he did for A Hero's Death, that incredible new Fontaine's DC record. That's all to come, as well as his stories about growing up, going to shows, and starting the band, and initially wanting to keep it a secret. So all of that in 101 part-time jobs today. At the time of doing this interview, they didn't know they were going to release their record uppers on Sub Pop Records. That release date is now 5th of February 2021. Thank you Hand in Hive Records for setting this up at the time. Thank you everyone at Prescription PR and thank you Sub Pop for supporting the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you dig this podcast, please go ahead and rate and review and subscribe. Tell your friends about it. That would be massively appreciated. East London's signature brew have been brewing music-inspired beers since 2011. They've made collaboration beers with Mastodon, with Sports Team, 
Idols, and a whole bunch of other amazing bands. You can get those beers delivered to your house over lockdown. And with the voucher code 101podcast at checkout, you can get 10% off. That's all at signaturebrew.co.uk for that. All right, here's Charlie from TV Priest. Go well. Cheers! My feature wall is outstanding. My craft credentials. Thanks for coming on this. No, thanks for having me, man. It was um, excellent when I found out that you do artwork for bands. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Illustration is a thing to do in bands, isn't it? Because the aesthetic is always going to be a large part of records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, it's very mixed up. It's how I came to music. It's how I wanted to, why I wanted to make music. It's what I did after I couldn't make music for a while. And now it's kind of led me back to making music. So it's a hobby that got out of hand, massively out of hand. <laughs> right. And of course it helps when you got bands like Fontaine's and Squid. Am I right in saying that you did artwork no, for Squid? No, I did artwork for sports team and I do artwork for a band called Easy Life and for a artist called Sigrid and an artist I've just finished with an artist called Leanne La Havas. Yeah. Um yeah, loads loads of loads of really amazing. I'm very I'm very lucky that I work with loads of really amazing people. <laughs> and it's quite fascinating because actually that I don't know how it feels to you, but that made me want to check out TV Priest more. Oh, well, that's that's very kind of you. I think um I never necessarily correlated the two, but obviously I think maybe my 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 day job has kind of bled into it and people seem interested in it. So it was never like my intention where it was just like, hey, and also I do all of this stuff, you know. But I think I think perhaps it was just like when people started finding out, they're like, Oh, that's that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know how interesting it actually is. Talk about intentions, I think, you know, rarely in in art does do, do the intentions really formulate to something that looks like that you know image that you had or, or whatever was in your mind you know yeah yeah no it's very true all of those artists that you've mentioned there are doing great stuff they're doing interesting cool exciting stuff yeah I'm really I've been very blessed over the last couple of years to you know for them to either come to me or, or for me to be able to work with them or you know it's I've had a really amazing couple of years just kind of working with these people and getting to know them a little bit and helping them kind of, I suppose, articulate their music in a kind of visual medium. So, um, yeah, I'm really, really blessed. I'm blessed at how many different, I suppose, different types of musician and different styles of music I get to work across, which which has been really nice. You know, if you said to me as a kind of, 19 year old guy who was into punk music that one day you'd be working with a uh, you know a, a pop musician from Norway I would have been like uh, I, I don't know how that checks out <laughs> mm, yeah so yeah which has been great you know and Liana Lehavis who has just got so such a wonderful story yeah she's amazing she's um and you know that I was that was a real privilege to kind of be let into kind of that journey of that record and 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 what she created there. You know, it was a really you know very personal testament and a, and a and a personal project. So it was really special to be let into that and yeah, just just help her out on the kind of I suppose the home straight. <laughs> At what point do they do they bring you in? And is it like the manager? Is it the press officer? Is it the artists themselves? It's really dependent, to be honest, man. Like. Um, I, I suppose as I've carried on, like the work kind of breeds kind of more work sometimes because you end up at gigs and meeting people that way. But I think, you know, a lot of the time in the first instance, yeah, it could be the manager comes to you, um, the label, you know, it, it's kind of a combination of things. And um, but I think the way that I work is quite it's going to sound really pretentious, but it's quite kind of therapeutic. I, I spend a long time and I don't know if that's because I also kind of make music myself and and have always kind of done so but you talk a lot before you get into the process and you know and it's a it's a very like yeah. in-depth ex- yeah I, I kind of liken it to a kind of yeah like a like a therapy session almost about 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 what the record's about and about about what you want to kind of talk about so I think I think artists have maybe kind of I, I don't know if other artists talk to each other wherever but I think I think you know sometimes people are kind of like oh you know you should check out this guy like he does it this way or or, or whatever you know yeah yeah so it's 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 really a combination of things stuff kind of comes out of nowhere or 
which I'm very lucky for, or, or, you know, I pitch on projects if people ask me to, or yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real combo. And of course it's a, it's a hard industry to get into. I mean, similarly to playing in a band, right? I mean, yeah. you can be an artist in your, in your shed in the suburbs forever, can't you? Yeah. And to be honest, I was that for quite a long time. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, yeah, my route into it was a bit weird. Like I worked, I, I went to art school and, and, and studied conceptual art and then left in the middle of like the last recession, which was a real laugh. Uh, wow. And then wow. I got, and then I got a job after about a year kind of working at, uh, working at something completely unrelated, like a kind of, I suppose it was like a kind of like gallery and picture agency and stuff. Um, you know, uh, just to kind of get working. Um, and then from there, like I met someone else who moved on to another place and it was just through like friends of friends at the whole time I was playing in bands and making music for my friends and mm. working with my brother-in-law. who's also a, another artist and just, just doing really DIY stuff and kind of hustling away. And then like a friend of a friend was like, Oh, like they're hiring a position at Island records. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so island records obviously being the home of like some of the most insane great great music ever <laughs> you know yeah. some of my favorites like roxy music and tom waits and all these people that had been through there but i had like no i had like no prior experience and basically i i, I applied for this design position on a complete whim like i was like i don't even know if i'll get this and it was like a big pay cut uh, from where I was working and it was like freelance and I was like freaking out about it. And, and what was the job application? What, I mean, what do they ask for you as an artist? I mean, it was kind of weird. So it was like, basically they needed someone to just do like, uh, internet stuff really. So like running social media channels and making little gifs and memes and, and all that kind of stuff. So I went along with this whole, like, <laughs> I mean, looking back on it now, it's like, how the hell did I get this job? But like, <laughs> I went along with like my fucking back catalogue of like, I fucking love King Crimson, I love Tom Waits, like all of this stuff. And like, luckily, the guy who was interviewing me was like, you know, he loved that stuff too. But he was like, if you get a second round interview, maybe talk about some of the current roster. Because <laughs> oh, right. he was like, no, I don't think many people know that King Crimson put out an album here in like 1969. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was a bit of a punt and a bit of a shot in the dark, and I thought I'd completely fluffed it. And I came into the, you know, I, I was older as well. Like I was like, a lot of people that work in labels are like, you know, some some of the people I was working with were like 19, 20. I was like 26 coming in, so not like that old, but like. Lot you feel people, it though, don't you? Yeah, a lot of people were already like pretty established in their jobs at that age. And so, and I, I never thought I'd be on the opposite side. Like I'd been in bands and all of those bands had kind of ended and not really done anything. And I was kind of quite disheartened with playing music at that point. And then suddenly I, I got this job. I think it was, my, <laughs> it was probably because I was like <laughs> the only person that applied that could use Photoshop or something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so i got this job and i just i had no idea what i was letting myself in for it was it was pretty wild but it's great and amazing and that's that's kind of how i started on the opposite side i suppose so how i started being someone that made stuff for other artists rather than being an artist in my own right i right. suppose yeah and that was you know i was there for for a couple of years and and yeah just worked away and, and did stuff would that work in the way that say you've got i don't know um like fallout boys putting out an album on island like and they need some you know gifs or memes basically yeah, right yeah or i uh, well let's 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 say Fest festival republic i i worked at festival republic for a bit yeah and the and the social media people there you know they're always looking for ways to spark conversation because twitter is marketing yeah yeah and it's not and it started out as that really like it started out as like yeah, just finding little kind of bits and bobs and, and making stuff for people. But obviously, because, you know, I'm not saying I got a bit bored of that, but like I, I had, I, I think I had bigger dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so like I kind of, kind of ended up moving into just being like, I'd say to people like when they're coming through the office and stuff like, oh, you know, I'll do that. Or like, oh, you need some artwork done. Like I'll do that. Because at, at the time, Islands and a lot of their record labels, like, you know, they'd all kind of binned off their kind of creative departments in the 90s. Um, so there wasn't really anyone in the labels that could like make stuff or do stuff for artists. You know, it was, it was usually kind of like sent out of house. So because I was probably a bit like, 
bit not frustrated but like you know there's only so many hours in the day you can spend sitting on twitter before like feeling like you want to kind of like open the window and just take a take a step out (laughs) um i i you know and that's not to say that's like fuck man it's not working out a coal mine do you know what i mean yeah yeah you know fucking first world problems over here man but like well yeah yeah but like um but yeah but like yeah so i think i just got into just putting myself in front of people and saying like oh i could i could do that being massively underqualified (laughs) (laughs) but you know i just kind of realized i just kind of reckon like that's the worst that can happen I mean, as was that term, a conflict of interest? Did you have to kind of do that sneakily? On the no, start? no, I was doing it like I was doing it through the label, and then no one kind of noticed for a while. And there was a couple of like marketing people that were like, "Great, I can save a bit of budget if I just get Chaz to do it," you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I was just kind of doing that, and then um, and then suddenly someone at the label was like, "Wait, you like you've been doing all this kind of weird stuff? Like you've been doing all this stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then it kind of went from there, and I kind of ended up like making a little you know i got there's a few more people that joined the team and we made this little kind of creative department and and that's how i kind of ended up working with people like like sigrid and and, and easy life in, in that respect so you started you, know? you really kind of started the uh well you kind of, in a way you kick-started the arts department at, at ireland yeah i suppose so yeah um yeah it's, and it's it's really good it's it's going you know it's going really strong now um i left i left like a year or so ago to do your own thing yeah, just to do my own thing. I think I think I kind of felt like that. One, like I felt that need to like kind of, I suppose it coincided with me starting to make and play music again, you know, like um, mm. it was a bit of a thing of just feeling like you wanted to kind of like uh, ex- explore the explore the world a little bit more, you know, right. um, not, not, that, not that there's anything wrong with where I worked and it was an amazing place to work and I met some amazing people, but actually a weird kind of thing like working in a record label didn't really feel like the right place for me to start like making music again <laughs> yeah i mean that you must know? that that must have felt kind of kind of weird yeah it was weird it's just kind of embarrassing man <laughs> well i i think this is something that comes up and when i started this the place i was coming from was that i always felt embarrassed to tell people i was in bands Right, and you yeah, get like yeah, you get a bit yeah. older and you're like why you're like i spent all my money and all my time doing this and i'm embarrassed about it <laughs> i know and and i think i think it kind of compound i don't think you know like uh, it was all in my head obviously and i like people yeah. i've met through work uh, you know i mean i actually really haven't told anyone i'm doing it but i suppose the kind of the cat's getting out of the bag a little bit more like you know i, I kind of yeah, your very, press team's good yeah they're, they're they're lovely people and you know it's 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 really nice that they've been able to kind of like yeah it's just amazing it wasn't something that i necessarily ever kind of expected and i think that was the thing for, for me is that actually i think making music and being in a band i like very purposefully were like i was like i'm not gonna talk to anyone i know who is in any kind of tangential way attached to the music industry you know like uh mm. it was it's a very private exercise because it was about it's kind of about reconnecting with a load of guys that i'd known since being very young and we were all like best friends oh. and yeah. it was about kind of personal experience and about wanting to you know i'd had a lot of different things happen in my personal life like really great things or really difficult things so it was really about a kind of level of self-expression in that respect so i was I was pretty, I was pretty like adamant. I was like, I'm not going to tell anyone about this. Yeah. And then we'd made an album and then I was like, well, I don't really know what to do, <laughs> you know, and, and I didn't really know what to do with it. And so, yeah, somehow we've ended up here. <laughs> I talk about how good your press team is and, and you're on hand in Hive Records. Yeah. Lovely guys. Such nice guys. And they, they seem excellent. Yeah. They're amazing, man. And, and again, they were like through friends of friends and, to be honest, they're like the only people that I like played the music to, you know, like, um, because I like them <laughs> and yeah. I thought they had good taste. And I was like, look, we've got all this stuff. We don't really know what to do with it. Do you like it? And they were like, yeah, we do. And it, it yeah, it's, it's all just been kind of quite, I'm making it sound like, like a bit, uh, I suppose a bit like breezy, but honestly, it, it it's quite weird, you know? <laughs> Mm. (laughs) it's quite like i suppose the intention was always to do something pure and something honest um and 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 that's it's nice that it resonated with some people that kind of saw that i suppose Um, right right yeah 
yeah so yeah they're lovely guys man and it, it yeah after very many years of like making music and not and like you say like being in your shed in the suburbs and not really playing it to anyone and like you know playing it to friends and family and they're like oh you, you can see the look in their eyes as they're like here comes another failed side project <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so um, you, you said at the start of our chat how you know the the art kind of informed your music tastes at the start yeah, 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 yeah. of your life tell me about that oh i think well i, I think I've, i was always really in you know i still sometimes it, it was a thing i would go to hmv you know on my on my on my weekend and pick out albums based on what the sleeve looked like you know it, it it was kind of like a little little test to myself to be like well if it looks good on the outside it will probably be good on the inside i mean it's, that is not always the case <laughs> yeah for real. But, but like i think you know i'd always love drawing and and photography and and visual the visual side of things so i think you know what attracted me to a lot of my favorite artists in the first instance were like seeing or, or 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 experiencing their kind of visual output first often. for real like um i think like two big moments for me was like i remember sitting with my dad in 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 the living room and jules holland was on and at the drive-in came on and i was Hell just yeah. like like i think i must have been about like 11 or something and i was just like what the fuck is that you know you I've see never cedric seen... and you're like fucking yeah yeah you're just like what is this like i'd yeah. never seen anything you know fucking you know like i've been listening to like and again not a bad band but like i've been listening to like like the lightning seeds you know before then yeah. you know and like because my <laughs> uncle liked it or something do you know what i mean and i yeah. saw this thing and i was like and i thought i thought i hate it but i love it <laughs> you know and that kind of led me and i remember my dad just being like what the hell is this and being like yeah that's why i want a bit of that he doesn't he doesn't really like it very much <laughs> right right that, he's got he's got a good music taste but do you know what i mean it was like it was like i just think you know you want something that's yours when you're young don't you and For then real. similarly you know when when i was a bit older i think i must have been about 14 or something i remember went to my friend's house and his older brother had a had a copy of um the film the talking heads film stop making sense yeah uh, you know yeah. uh, i think it's directed striking by, yeah directed by like i think it's, is it jonathan demi he died recently oh, I, have but no, I have no idea i mean it's just like the most incredible live film you've ever seen and i just remember seeing that and being like who is this man who is this man in this giant suit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like <laughs> what why is he doing and like also like also it look, not looking like what music videos should look like it wasn't like polished or anything it looked like mm. stripped back and spare and weird mm. and i just thought this is amazing so those were like some very formative kind of visual experiences i think for me you know that that, that led me down kind of gate like, like little gateway drugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> into yeah. all kinds of different stuff buy and, two try one free yeah exactly exactly so i think that was how i kind of interacted with the visuals and and then i suppose you know, I'm, I'm a singer, but I can't, you know, I can write melodies and tunes and lyrics, but I can't play an instrument. And I think when you're in bands and stuff, you're always looking for a role to fill. And I think I was always kind of, I always felt a bit like, not inadequate, but felt like what else am I bringing to the party kind of thing? You know, when, when you're, when you're younger, especially, I think you're kind of always worried about like, oh, am I bringing enough to this thing when this guy's amazing at guitar or this guy's an amazing drummer or whatever? So I naturally just would always be like, oh, I'll just make the artwork or I'll just make the posters or I'll just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. because you feel like you want to contribute to the to the, to the situation. And then that led me on to doing it for like, you know, all of my friends that are in bands or, you know, do you know what I mean? And you, you Every just then, flyer needs to be designed. Every t-shirt needs to be designed. Every record cover yeah exactly exactly and you know you need someone in the group who's kind of sad enough to sit at home doing <laughs> yeah yeah Did, were you always pretty self-motivated in that in that sense um i don't know man like i was thinking about this the other day and i think i've definitely got like as you get older i think sometimes you get more productive because you're like there's just not not as much time and i think the things for me that are actually good were having like when I left uni, I was on the Dolph quite a bit. And actually it was the least productive time that I've ever had in my life because, oh, really? you know, there's like, there's no routine. There's no, mm. you know, time just kind of stretches out. And also you're like in a pretty, you know, your, your mental health is not always the best when you're kind of doing that kind of stuff. So it's not necessarily 
conducive to being super productive. But I've actually always found that like my best kind of creative moments have, have been when I've had to kind of slot it around, I suppose, other responsibilities. And, and Yeah, I get that, yeah. Yeah, and then kind of treat it as a kind of muscle that you have to like flex, you know, and you have to be able to kind of like go, right, I've got to turn it on now. I've got to turn right. it off. You know, I also wonder if it's something because you're you're seeing so much. Do you know what I mean? You're being exposed to all these different things. You're mm. meeting new people. You're seeing new parts of London or or, or anywhere yeah, you're going. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you're um you know you, you're just being exposed to new things, and that, that's always going to give you new ideas. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think it's been you know in current circumstances again. You know, I cannot say that I've had a particularly you know it's it's been tough in certain ways but so many other people have had it much much worse but you know i think that's been one of the hardest things about our kind of current circumstances not being able to kind of feed off other people in a kind of physical space or going and seeing stuff and and feeding your brain that way and feeding your kind of visual you know you can you can you can spend like hours on the internet which i do (laughs) finding stuff but you know like going to a gallery or going to a to a show or, or whatever or seeing an amazing gig or that all kind of informs your wider I think kind of creative decisions so um yeah I, I think I think it's that's been tough recently definitely and so you got into punk as what as a teenager yeah 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 so yeah I mean like yeah I had you know the friendship group I had it was like we've always listened to like very kind of disparate and diverse styles of music and and you know there's a whole gang of guys that were like really like big ravers and you know lots of punks and there's people that are into hip-hop and yeah but i think i think punk was something that like but also like also like really dodgy prog rock (laughs) you know like but i think i think there was always something about this idea of like being able to like formulate and do something yourself you know i think that that was something that like and definitely punk in its many variation forms and styles and but similarly you could apply that to like you know something like early house or i think it's probably because of like you know and speaking as someone that like works in in visuals as well it's probably like the aesthetic of punk is traditionally you know it's traditionally scrappy and do it yourself so it says to to people like oh like this is cheap quick Mm. anyone can do it whereas actually like you know if you're looking at like early house music or you're looking at hip-hop or like that that it's exactly the same thing you know it's 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 Mm. people making what they what they can with the resources that they have you know grind all of this stuff you know um so i think perhaps the aesthetic of punk lets it kind of maintain its kind of position as in people's in the forefront of people's minds as something that's like oh it's it's so raw it's so do it yourself but um but i think definitely for 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 a, for a younger person and also for someone that's like you know when when i was growing up and stuff like i i had a bit of a rough time of bullying and stuff and i think that was something that like punk definitely offered a kind of um an embrace in a way you know like it, it's a mm. it, you know certainly in its purest form it should kind of welcome everyone you know mm. um so I think that definitely resonated with me because you could kind of just be whoever you want it to be. And also I like the fact that like, you know, as a young person, I like the fact that it was confrontational when actually I'm not a very confrontational person, you know, like I will, mm. I will probably go out of my way to like not, not necessarily have an argument, but I like the fact that the position of punk was, was, was opposite to me. So I think that that was something for me that was like, you know, very formative. Yeah. You know, but obviously, like you say, as you get older, you realise that like all of those other genres, all of those other types of music and the people making those music, you know, like it, it is generally about community. <laughs> Absolutely. And skateboarding, you know, yeah, is a big exactly. part of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, where were you hanging out when you were younger? What, what town are you from? I'm from just outside Guildford. I'm from a little village. Uh, it's technically the ugliest village in Surrey. <laughs> Amazing, but GYC, well, I mean, you had shitty limits bad. and a lot yeah, of those hardcore yeah, bands playing. Yeah, it's it's and there was actually when I was growing up as a teenager, there was a very, very like thriving kind of hardcore and punk scene, and like you know the boiler room opened when I was quite young, 
uh, probably about like 14, 15, um, you know, that then opened up a whole other thing. And I think there was like a band like 100 Reasons from Aldershot who were nearby. And there's all these kind of little things going on around there. And, and yeah, it was quite formative, definitely. I think like lots of people kind of doing it themselves. Um, and also having, you know, being in the proximity to London, you know, like you're what, like half an hour away from London. So like that was something that you always looked at and always like, were like, oh, God, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think it, I think it creates this idea, this kind of fertile idea that you can do it, you know, and, and I guess we're similar of age there where like, you know, you'd have a band like Gallows where you're like, oh, they're yeah. actually like legit good. Oh, and look, and they signed to Epitaph now. Yeah, and they're like, and you've seen them at a, like a local youth club, you know, For like, like yeah. a year before or something. And that yeah. is something, it feels like, it. I wouldn't say it feels attainable necessarily, but it feels like, oh, like maybe we should do it too. You know? No, for real. I, I don't think anyone should have any, there shouldn't be any kind of shame or guilt attached to that. Like that's a positive thought. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think it was like, I think it definitely like bought, something out of out of myself you know like uh, seeing people that like they're like oh shit like that's just a guy (laughs) you know like it's not like uh it's not like some uh, uh, person that you necessarily have to put on a pedestal because like after the show they'll just be like selling a t-shirt or loading up a van you know like it's just a guy and and it's just about self-expression i think that was the young for the younger me was like really special you know it's creating more than the sum of its parts. Like, yeah. dare I say, dare I fucking say the word synergy. No, no, <laughs> but no, there's, no, there's, no. But there's this thing, that's the thing about hardcore, right? Is that it's like creating this bigger thing. Yeah. Um, that's like, has this fucking energy, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's the thing, you know, I think, I think that was something that like, certainly when I've always like made music and, and, and then going into my job now, like the thing that I always want to kind of, do is like create community you know you Mm. you want to you want to like impart ideas to a wide group of people because like otherwise i don't know like i always think that like art and music is often about like saying something you couldn't just like articulate in words you know it's what you wouldn't really be doing it otherwise you know and um and that for me has always been like i think the the reason why i always kind of why it's that like mad itch that you always have to scratch because you know you're 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 reaching all the time you know (laughs) yeah yeah for real and i think that there's i think there's something a lot to say for um like it goes for any kinds of people from just like pretty standard you know to normal curiosity to you know the add adhd kids or humans you know where like there has to be that thing you know you're not satisfied until you do that thing whatever that thing is yeah 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 and it can it can be like it can be a bad thing too because i think it can not a bad thing but it can drive you a little bit a little bit kind of mad um, yeah like round the bend sometimes because you're always onto the next thing you know and Mm. you're always kind of like i don't know you never look back and you never think like oh that was like successful or useful or like and i mean success not in the you know like i've worked in an industry now for a couple of years where success is measured on like the amount of fucking units sold or the amount of and and actually you know something can be successful in and of itself like are you happy as an artist that you communicated a set of ideas like are you happy that you reached people are you happy that you communed with people you know it doesn't necessarily always have to be like success is bigness you know and um yeah so sorry i think that's a really important lesson to learn for anyone playing music anyone doing art yeah man and it's hard because you know like the visual arts world and the music world is often kind of set up to kind of show you the through being mediated through social media and you know like i mean instagram for me is like i love it but i hate it you know because i'm on it for work all the time and i found some of the most incredible people that i've ever worked with that are now i'm lucky enough to call friends you know photographers and filmmakers and other musicians through that Mm. medium but at the Mm. same time you know i open that medium like way too many times a day and it plunges me into a pit of doom because i'm just like man i'll never be as good as that or like fucking hell my work is shit or (laughs) you know and i know that sounds like maybe slightly insincere because i think 
you know like i'm i'm really lucky that i've worked with such amazing people but like it, it definitely like it, it it can skew your opinion of the of the reasons why you're making something i think for real i just think like i was watching that travis scott documentary just on netflix and i oh, didn't realize yeah. I, was a, I didn't realize I was, I was a fan and turns out i am a fan um <laughs> you know even if i don't really get it you know yeah, and um yeah. it's interesting to see someone like him talk about like you know, there's just one line in it where he's, where his friends like, you know, there's no one that we look up to, but they're always going to have the thing where they didn't get the Grammy winning, you know, they didn't win yeah. the Grammy and they're kind yeah. of, and he's yeah. kind of pissed off and like, yeah, that's man. fine. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't know, I, for me, and he has that nice little bit with the mayor afterwards being like, you know, when you fail at something like that's like a success at attempting something, you know? And, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all framing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm also aware that like my, you know, the, the lot of like my, my kind of visual output and stuff has been about, been about framing stuff, you know, a lot of the way that the things I do is about contextualizing things, you know, for people. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm lucky enough to work with artists that are like, are really acutely aware about things that they want to say and the way that they want to communicate. Um, and I'm kind of lucky enough to kind of slot in on the side and go like, oh, have you thought about this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you, um, do you think, because I'm from punk rock as well. And I, I've yeah. had, a, for, you know, for the for worse, really, I've kind of not been into aesthetics because I probably, as a dumb kid, thought that it's not about aesthetics. Of course, about yeah. it's about aesthetics in reality. Everything is. Um, <laughs> And in a way, I just want to like, I, I, do you work with many artists who don't have an aesthetic that they want? I I would say I work with, I've worked with artists that don't necessarily, they don't necessarily know how to articulate what they want, but I've never come across an artist that has, has, has ever been like, do whatever you want, man. Like, you know, I just, yeah. I just don't think sometimes people say like, oh, you know, I'm not into, I just don't know about the visual world or whatever. What they maybe mean is they don't know how those things are like created or, um, or they, they don't necessarily know like the realms of possibility or the limits that they have. But that I, I'd say it's so, I mean, I don't think I've ever worked with someone that's been like, yeah, now nah, I don't get this. Just do what you want. Because, uh, you know, I don't even, th- I just, I maybe, maybe that's just the type of artist I work with, but like, so many of them are such craftspeople and 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 have fucking slaved away on this stuff for so long <laughs> that I don't think you could do that without at least having a little, do you know what I mean? A little in you that's like, I'd like it to present itself like this, you know? Do you think you can be an interesting musician or release an interesting record or, you know, have, have an interesting catalogue if you don't have a image or aesthetic concept? So that's a that's a good question. I mean, I suppose it, it's I suppose it's like, what do you mean when you mean like image? Because like I'm not a snob about pop music, you know. Like, but like you know, for example, like um, Ed Sheeran, like like he's like mm. arguably like the biggest fucking artist in the world, well next to Adele, right. you know. And um, right, and his whole aesthetic is he doesn't have one, but that's still a yeah. position, right? You know, that's still like a fucking. Right. You know, that's still that's still him saying something with that. Like, oh, the fact that I turn up to an award ceremony and fucking play shirt and a and a and a pair of jeans and a pair of trainers, like that's as much a position as someone turning up in like a Gucci suit. You know, it it's it's just an inversion of it. And in some ways it's probably like a smarter inversion of it because it's like, you know, maybe maybe I'm a bit cynical, but it feels like a like a kind of exercise in, I suppose, anti-marketing at the same time as him just being himself. And so, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think whenever you're like putting something out there, like you're always presenting a position, aren't you? Like you're always like, even like in the morning when you wake up and you like put on a t-shirt, you know, that's still, if it's like fucking covered in shit and grubby and everything like that's still saying to the world, what kind of person you are. Right. I think a lot of people probably think that they don't have any ideas on their own fashion, but that can't exist. Right. I mean, yeah. if you wear, if you wear a black t-shirt because you want to wear a black t-shirt, that's still a fashion choice. Even it's if still, it's anti-fashion, yeah. it's still fashion. Yeah. It's still like a position like, yeah. Like I've got a friend that just constantly wears black. Cause he's like, Oh, I just, you know, I'm not into fashion. I think it's bullshit. And I'm like, I'm not saying it's wrong, but like you just wearing black all the time is. Yeah, I don't have an argument, but, <laughs> but it's absolutely yeah. a position. Do you know what I mean? It's right. absolutely a position because it's um, it's 
it's an aesthetic choice of you saying to the world, like, I, I don't give a fuck, you know, when <laughs> you kind of clearly do. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, yeah. You, you know, and, and he, he would argue that like, no, it's like, it's about other things than that. But maybe I've just, I don't know, maybe I've worked with images for too long. <laughs> it's about, it's about anarchism. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe he would say that, yeah, it's about like his political statements or, or whatever, but I would say, yeah, but then that's still a position, isn't it? Because big time it's more of a position than anything. Yeah. Because it's your, it's an identifier, you know, to other right. people of a similar, a similar creed that y- you're on their side, you know? I find it quite interesting. A lot of um, the kind of guitar bands that we're reading about and, and 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 hearing over the last few years, you know, dare I say it, have been pretty much lumped, you know, lumbered into the post-punk yeah, thing. Yeah. And that that imagery is very noir. It's sort of it's brutal. Yeah, yeah. There's a brutalism. Yeah. There's a yeah. Right. Like men in long coats. This uh, is it. Generally, Tommy pretty- Wazoo. Yeah, skinny, skinny dudes in long coats, you know, with yeah. like, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's really interesting because, you know, the people that were doing that in the, like the 70s and 80s, you know, there was a kind of, um, again, that was a position that was being taken because it what it was like a rejection of the kind of like fucking glam rock aesthetic of like maximalism and like shininess and it being like showbiz, you know, and it was like this kind 100%. of rejection of that. and. And it's a rejection of that at a time as well that's like politically really interesting. Um, and actually, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, is there this correlation between post-punk suddenly being a popular art form again at a time of kind of, I suppose, political transition? I mean, I would have to say that I was, you know, I think there's maybe like an overemphasis on that in some respects because fucking Grimes been talking about an experience of a, a, a of a group of people predominantly black in the UK for like 25 years you know and that's political you know so like mm. i think mm. the fact that like a load of white dudes have picked up guitars again fucking myself included and started talking about how much there is wrong in the country <laughs> yeah. you know is 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 not necessarily like a it's probably not necessarily like these things are cyclical right you know like same as visual imagery like it 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 it, it comes back um you know, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's just interesting. It's interesting that, but then I think you, you look, you look at that and you look at what people are doing within this medium now. And like, you know, I suppose like people like the leaders of the the pack, like, you know, like, and I wouldn't class idols as post-punk by any means of the stretch of the imagination, but they're a really interesting band because, you know, they presented something that was interesting as a group of people that like inherently think, God, fuck the music's like intense and quite visceral and quite aggressive. Mm. And Mm. then their whole thing's about inclusion and about love and joy and shared experience, Mm. you know, or about like what Fontaine's have just done on their new record, which is like completely kind of subvert the idea. Yeah. The the idea of what they should be, you know, and what people were placing upon them. So I think it's really interesting. I think, I think there are people at the kind of forefront of, I suppose, you know, guitar music at the moment, if that's even a, term <laughs> but you well know, i think well. that's it that's the term I, I write a column in the eye paper and I, I put you lot in last week i oh, think thanks, and <laughs> it's my job to just basically fucking go around a round table of fucking adjectives <laughs> i don't know what to do i don't know what to say anymore you know like cause, no but I you know post-punk is well. gross sometimes yeah. but also it's also quite accurate yeah a hundred percent and i don't think i would ever shut look man it's not my job as an artist or anyone you know it's not necessarily my job to like classify stuff Mm. like i think you just make the music that you make you you express yourself in the way that you express yourself and if it if it kind of lands in a place then it lands in a place because what's that i think it's a miss it's going to be a misremembered bowie quote but like i think he's like you're all a cover artist until you're not do you know what I mean? Like you're like you're all copying or aping aping someone until like I see. your own your own levels of like expression and individuality suddenly like pop through. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. if that does if that doesn't happen, you go on to form the fucking Australian Pink Floyd. Do you know what I mean? Or like the bootleg yeah. Beatles, you yeah, know? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. because that's what you're interested in. So yeah, I, I I wouldn't get too worried about like classification and stuff. I think I think you know I think it probably touches a nerve of some people if there's like a worry that like you know fuck people will think we're just doing it because we're fashionable or whatever but i think if you're making art and being honest in your intention from the art 
then you probably shouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah, I think that's their problem more than yours. Exactly. And like you said, it's your job to classify things, man. It's your job to tell people. And it's a very important job for people like me. It's your job to tell people like, oh, if you like this thing, you might like this thing. <laughs> well, it's it's nice because I get to completely write about whatever I want to write about, eight eight tracks a week and I can put Amazing. whatever. That's um, so good. None of it's syndicated, which which is nice. All that has just made me thought about like like time and, and the context of time and trends, you know, let's yeah. not be af- afraid to use that word. Yeah, yeah that's what we know right i mean this what we're talking about now is is our level of it's our time of pop culture you know post-punk yeah. is is sort of our time of pop culture in a, in a sense yeah and yeah. it makes me think with that fontaine's record like am i i think i'm right in thinking that they were writing that and recording that either just before or just after dog rule came out yeah i think so it's all pretty quick you know and i think it's a you know again i I can't necessarily speak for them as artists but from what i gleaned from the conversation with them like it was written at a time that was like a bit of a whirlwind for for them you know and which is pretty fascinating because this is a year and a half or you know a year a year or a year and a half before headlining the forum you know Mm, mm, yeah 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 and it's playing the five bells in new cross yeah man and it's uh yeah it, and i think you know the artwork conversation that we ended up kind of having and and the image on the front of the record kind of massively reflects that you know that that mm. image has got a lot of like um there's a lot of political resonance in that in that image um and if you're aware of it um it's a, it's actually a sculpture in the gpo um in dublin um by a guy called oh, oliver wow. Sh- Oliver Shepherd of a of a mythical Irish hero called Cacullen, who protected Ireland uh, in this mythical Irish battle. Um, you know, in, in you know many 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 years ago. You know, and uh, the myth goes that he would go into such a kind of frenzy that he would tie himself to a tree um, and just keep on fighting, and and that was how he he died. And basically, you know, many many hundreds of years later, Oliver Shepherd then remade that statue and that myth for the people that were killed in the easter uprising you know the kind of very first i suppose martyrs to irish republicanism so that image is on the front of that record there is a wow. lot of political resonance with that image which i have I no idea yeah i don't think people have necessarily picked up on i mean we've effectively put a republican symbol like everywhere around the uk <laughs> but do you know what i find fascinating is that as I don't know about you. In my school, we were not taught about Irish republicanism or, yeah, I mean, or you know, or the Republic of Ireland or Republic of Ireland, sorry, or Northern Ireland. You know that yeah. you know, the troubles were not talked about. Yeah, or our, you know, like, and I'm, I think I'm probably a similar kind of age to you. Like, you know, like I remember the very end of that as a child. You know, I remember, I remember the very end of, I suppose, the kind of the the, the active warfare campaign of the IRA as a child, like in the kind of late nineties um you know it was like eight or something um and you know i I can't believe that we're not like you say that we're not taught about our britain's relationship to to its closest neighbor you know and what Mm. the fuck we've done there (laughs) Mm. and why the fuck people like might not be like really happy with british people or why there might be like issues in terms of like our relationship to like oh like hang on a minute like Sinn Féin have just won like loads of seats well maybe that maybe that has has a has an indication on how our Brexit negotiation is going to be going because mm. why the fuck should they care about us you know <laughs> mm. yeah yeah so it's really interesting and I was acutely aware of like making that artwork with them that, like you know I, I have got Irish heritage myself but like I'm a Brit you know and like I, I had to think long and hard and really talk to the boys long and hard about how we use that symbol because like it's not my history to fuck with, you know, even though right. I'm, I'm making their record. I, you know, I was acutely aware that like I, I had to be a conduit, you know, even though you're a conduit, like it's still you, do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. still, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still filtering it and I'm filtering it through a British gaze. And is that right? So, you know, we had a lot of talks about that in relationship to the record and why we were using that image and why we were using that myth of kind of Republicanism and, and what it meant. So it was an amazing process, man. Like it's, um, it, it really kind of, it really stretches you, you know? Did they come to you with, with the statue idea? Yeah, so it's something that like, um, Digo and Carlos have been talking about quite a lot. Um, I think during the recording of the records and 
like not not necessarily in the first instance they didn't come to me like there was a couple of other things that they've been talking about like um there's a there's a very there's a there was an image that they'd been looking at a lot for um for, during the recording uh, uh, of a beach boys image and all this kind of stuff and so not in the first instance but very quickly i think to begin with you know we we kind of we ended up kind of kind of landing on it pretty quickly really and then it was mm. just a case of like how it articulates itself um did so you yeah, have a draft before before that one yeah we did lots else. of different yeah we did lots of different drafts you know in lots of different mediums and exploring what those mediums meant you know the the, pr the final print of that image is done on a on a on a blue we, we did a couple we did like a cyanotype which is a type of like blue photography that was very popular in victorian times um and, we, and then the final image was printed as a risograph image which is like this kind of semi-redundant kind of printing method that's halfway between like a photocopy and a, and a and a screen print yeah that was originally like developed for like low cost printing in the kind of late 80s is now being kind of reappropriated for like fine art printing because it gives you this just this weird you know like like you get this weird level of degradation through the printing method um yeah. but we you know we, we we struck on that because like that felt like the most applicable for like the themes like we didn't want it to be too like reverential you know when we like printed it um you know there's a concept behind that that print method you know it wasn't like if we'd gone with the cyanotype it's like a really beautiful fine art process and it's like well actually what are we trying to say with that are we trying to be reverential or are we trying to be a little bit more like uh crafty <laughs> in our intention <laughs> right right yeah. and do you think that any of those will see the light of day is that kind of like b-side material I don't know, Matt. It's down to it's it's down to the band really as well. Like I know that there's always like a lot of people are interested in seeing extra stuff, but I think it's really down to the band as to like what you what you share and what you keep in. You know, um, I think you see that with Fontaine's as a fan. Dogrel gives you that, you know, in that sense of it's immediacy, and it's like you know, here's your lot in a yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that that. I think that's your right as an artist, you know, man. Like, Big time. Uh, it's, Big time. it's something that I'm, I never usually like from my own work, you know, and in my own band, I don't, I never share works in progress, you know, because it isn't my final intention, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, I think it's maybe a mark of like confidence when you're making stuff because actually, you know, in my younger times, I, I would share things, you know. Uh, that were a work in progress that's not to say that things need to be like expertly crafted like fucking you know like a mausoleum of your your talent you know you can still make things quickly and finish it and give it to people and you can still have that process but like it should be finished you know and i think in my younger days i would often share things that i'd be like ah, oh, it's kind of finished but you, you wouldn't be confident enough to like keep it back and just go oh no maybe i'll just like work on this a bit longer and you'd be excited for people to kind of hear it or see it and you you release it into the world and then suddenly you're just kind of like no one really responds to it because you're not that proud of it <laughs> right and that's gonna be pretty disheartening i think it knocks you back but i think you've got to do it as someone that makes stuff you know i'm sure you're the same like when you've written stuff and things like that like you know like you you the stuff that you're really really proud of sometimes as well isn't always the stuff that is like the the stuff that's like most responded to yeah you know yeah I think it's always fascinating looking at your past work, not only to see your progression, but to, you know, the opposite, to see the bits that you're actually proud of, but didn't realize it at the time. Yeah, man. And I think that's the thing with a lot of projects, you know, sometimes when you're in them or you're making it, you can't, you, you, you just have weird relationships to the work. You know, it could be that like mm. you're, you, you found the process difficult, like you haven't fallen out with anyone, but you found it difficult with the group of people that you're working with, or you've, you've, you know, you've missed a deadline and it's been really stressful. So that's the thing you remember. And it takes sometimes like it takes, you know, it's taken me like a year or like sometimes longer to like look back on something and be like, oh, actually, that was fucking, that was actually all right. <laughs> it yeah. wasn't just like, it wasn't just me being like, oh, I've like, messed it all up or whatever. Like you look back and right. like, I know there are some ideas in there. Or like, right. I think it's the same with our music as well. Like it's only now that I'm looking back on this kind of body of work that we've made that, that like we made in quite a quick, fruitful fit of, of of making that like i can look back on it now and i'm excited to share it with people in the coming months because i'm like oh right you know there was there is some stuff in there that's all right <laughs> and it must be an exciting time because it's not the first thing you've released right but it's certainly sort of it's perked a few ears up definitely yeah so we're on our like third single now basically 
which is like nice to be kind of putting stuff out there. And this latest thing was the first one off our first record that's like coming out later this year. And, um, and uppers. yeah, like, yeah, uppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so drugs yeah. or no drugs? No, well, we like the kind of double meaning of it. Like this idea that you can be on your uppers, you know, that like things might not necessarily be going well for you. And then also the other meaning of that, you know, that this high energy kind of feeling that you yeah. could, you could get on a, on a, on a controlled substance. <laughs> yeah. Um, or uncontrolled. <laughs> or uncontrolled. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, I think it was that that double meaning, you know, that kind of, like... And also, like, even though the record, and I'm sure you'll hear it, you know, at some point or whatever, if you're interested, but... Um, Absolutely. You know, when you when you hear it, it's... I suppose it, it it's a record that presents itself as, like, probably, like, angry in the first instance, but I'd like to hope... I'd like to hope that like on repeat listens, it reveals itself to be relatively hopeful, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that yeah. was the reason why we called it that. Great. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's been great to chat, man. Oh man. Thanks. So, I mean, I could, it's lovely. It's like, thanks for having me on, dude. It's, uh, no, hey, everyone's subject, everyone's favorite subject is themselves, isn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for allowing me an hour to fucking waffle on. <laughs> to, to end with, do you, do you, what do you, have you got any um, like concepts or any sort of tricks for yourself when you're, when you're kind of running into a wall? I mean, does that happen to you? I mean, how do you navigate that with create, with yeah. creating art or creating music? All the time, man. I think, um, getting out into nature is a massive thing for me. Like I'm a big believer in like walking in the woods. Uh, so like I have to like, yeah, if my mental health is suffering or I'm feeling like I'm on the wall, you know, hitting the wall or whatever, like, yeah, give me like an hour and a half, two hours wandering around some fields and I'm all right, you know, generally, um, that's a big thing for me. Um, like reading, doing a lot of reading, like, uh, you know it's all there in books man <laughs> yeah um you know that that's that's always good for me it's meditation yeah it is cooking is a big one as well man like i think that's Great. like for me like you know something that like an activity and it i think i think cooking is just for me but like any activity that i think removes removes yourself from yourself you know you like you have a task like right. um like there's like a there's like a philosopher uh i think he's swedish philosopher called kirkgaard they used to talk a lot about like digging holes. The act of digging a hole is very good for the mental health because, you know, you've got this one oh, task, really? this one task to do, you know, it's physically exerting, but you've got this one task to do and it kind of removes your, it removes the kind of idea of like, you know, you're not inside yourself. So I think it could be anything. Dig a hole, do I some cooking, that. read a yeah. book, <laughs> go for a get run. Out, get, out, get out of the way of yourself. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's easy. I think it's been easy, certainly at the moment, to very much be in your own head, which is a Pandora's box of shit sometimes. So, um, you know, so I think anything that can kind of uh, take you away from that, (laughs) that giant smelly box is uh yeah. is always good <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant well looking forward to the well I, I, yeah really looking forward to the record man which i'm sure will not oh, be a giant smelly box yeah, let's hope not let's hope it's a <laughs> uh, a box of i don't know what what could it be? i don't know fucking hell i'm not gonna even say it <laughs> yeah a lovely lovely box of fruity delight <laughs> <laughs> excellent well thank yeah. you so much charlie Oh man, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. So that was Charlie on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can find the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. Tag it, why not? Tell people about it. Let's get more people on board. We can get more guests together and we can just have fun with it. Thanks again. Here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day for me, mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.